Good morning, and peace be with you. We're going to get right into it because your pastor was experiencing technical difficulties over in the office. So there is a, a bulletin uh, in, uh, insert that has the things that are coming up. Uh, I would invite you to look at that, but since I am starting us five minutes after the hour, let's stand. Let's take a deep breath. And let us sing as unto the Lord. Our opening hymn this morning is Thine is the Glory, and yes it is. Come together this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you, and worthily Magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the, the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, 
will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your presence and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, mercy, he has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. But also with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia.
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, you show mercy to your people in all of their troubles. Grant us always to recognize your goodness, to give thanks for your compassion, and praise your holy name through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. The first reading this morning is from the book of Ruth, the prophet Ruth, chapter 1, verses 1 through 19. And this can be found in your pew Bible on page 411. Ruth, chapter 1, beginning with the first verse. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech. His wife's name was Naomi. And the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilian. They were Ephratites from Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to Moab and lived there. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about 10 years, both Malon and Kilian also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. When Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, she and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them goodbye, and they wept aloud, and said to her, We will go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, Return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? I'm, going to, I'm not going to have, am I going to have any more sons who could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters, it is more bitter for me than for you, because the Lord's hand has turned against me. At this they wept aloud again. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye but Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, 
Your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. So the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women exclaimed, Can this be Naomi? The second reading this morning is from Psalm 111, and we will read that responsibly. And it's printed in your bulletin. Praise the Lord. I will extol the Lord with all my heart in the council of the upright and in the assembly. Great are the works of the Lord. They are pondered by all who delight in them. Glorious and majestic are his deeds, and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wonders to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. He has shown his people the power of his works, given them the lands of other nations. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever, and acted in faithfulness and righteousness. He provided redemption for his people. He ordained his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. Third reading this morning, the epistle is from Paul's second letter to Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. And it can be found in your pew Bible on page 1853. 2 Timothy chapter 2, beginning with the first verse. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing in according to the rules. The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I am saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all this. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel, for which I am suffering, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, 
that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Here is a trustworthy saying. If we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Gospel according to St. Luke from the 17th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The Gospel reading this morning is indeed from St. Luke, chapter 17, verses 11 through 19, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1627. Luke 17, verses 11 through 19. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him, and they stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. And he threw himself at Jesus' feet, and he thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. This is, uh, I'm going to give you a little baby food first in the form of a, in a children's message. There are two words in the English language and they may be the most important words really in any language. Do you have any idea what they might be? We teach our children this? 
please and thank you. You guys remember that? Teaching it. You know, it's a little different. When I was a kid, you know, I was thinking about this, but it's a little different. But with my kids, it, it follows along these lines. But I am talking about the words please and the words thank you. And then back in the day, when John was little, there was a big purple dinosaur named Barney. Does anyone remember that? Tracy really didn't like Barney. And uh, I have to admit that I would bring in the Barney voice all the time. And um, boy, I found out I could sleep on the couch anytime that I want to. <laughs> uh, poor Trace. And he was on TV and he had a little song that was called Please Thank You. And he calls them the magic words. And, and, and you know, Barney would, <laughs> I love you. Oh, please stop. But he did sound a little bit like that, right? And he had this little ditty, and it was really a good sing-song kind of thing. It makes you remember, or makes the kids remember these. And quite frankly, those shows uh, were edifying, even for me. And it says, he's talking about please and thank you. They're called the magic words. If you want nice things to happen, they're the words that should be heard. Remember, please, and thank you, because they're the magic words. And I'm going to stop now because somebody's getting a hook. Oh, she's clapping. Thank you. Yes. Oh, I, to stop. Thank you for stopping. <laughs> All of these things are important, you know, for our children. When I was a little boy, my mom and dad instilled in us, please and thank you. Stand up when you shake a man's hand or a woman's hand. You look them in the eye. Call them Mr. and Mrs. Those are the things that we did. Unfortunately... And I was talking about it this morning with Susan. I don't know. I was, I, my children get away with way more than my parents would have let us. My parents didn't have to say, but we did this for the kids. We said, they asked for something, and, and I'd give it to them. And then I'd say, what do you say? Please. And what do you say after you get it? Thank you. Right? And my children do have pretty good manners. In fact, their manners are exceptional when they go away on trips with other people or other people's houses. Oh my gosh, your children did the dishes? And, they, and I go, no, <laughs> what? <laughs> right, can I get an amen there? Anyone else have that experience? That feels pretty good. I don't know why they don't do it at home. Maybe they just feel a little relaxed. But you know what? Maybe that's not a lot like us. Maybe sometimes we forget to say, please and thank you, Lord. The Bible story today was about 10 lepers, and we know that a leper is a person that has a disease called leprosy. I've never seen a leper up close um, and personal. I've seen pictures in my mind, you know, I and the drama theater of my mind. Um, they, they, they looked like... Uh, the Walking Dead kind of thing, but but it's to say it's a, a disease that causes sores all over the body, and it's it's icky, and leprosy was was common in the time of Jesus, and unfortunately they're saying that it could be common again now in places where sanitary conditions are not very good. The people in Jesus' day thought that the lepers were unclean, and so they were required to stay away from other people for fear that they might infect them with their disease. In fact, 
when they were out and with themselves, the lepers were required if they saw somebody coming to shout out, unclean, unclean. They had to do that. And that's for things that we can see. I'll get back to that, but wouldn't that be something? I mean, really, all of us are unclean, right? Can you imagine? Across the parking lot. Hey, Hank. Unclean, Hank, unclean. Don't come near me. Boy, I'm glad that Jesus cleans us up so I don't have to do that. Hold on to that. And one day, Jesus was walking through a small village when he saw a group of ten lepers. They stood far away, and they called to him, and they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And obviously, they knew who he was. They had heard and been told that he had the power to heal them, and they asked very nicely, very politely, Jesus, his name, master his title, please have mercy on us. And Jesus said to them, go and show yourself to the priest, which takes us back to Leviticus 14. We'll get into that in a little bit, too. And as the lepers were on their way to see the priest, they looked down and they went, whoa. Or, oi. I don't know how they said it. But Jesus had healed their disease and they were so happy. I mean, can you imagine that? They had to have been happy. They had to have been, please, and no, they didn't do that. But they had to have been singing a song. I mean, my goodness, no longer are they having sores. They've been cleaned by the master, by Jesus Christ. And the thing is, is that only one of them stopped and went back. And he said, thank you. As he was praising God with a loud voice and he threw himself at Jesus' feet. You know, God does do so much for us that we just take for granted, this pastor does. I wish I didn't, but that's just in my nature. That kind of entitled thing, but it's astounding. And that's the children's message, and it would end something with more morals like, so let's just thank Jesus right now for all the things that he gives us. And that's not the wrong thing to do. It is, but it is so much more in the story than saying please and thank you. If we take a look at Jesus and these ten lepers, it is a gospel story. It is shouting to those that would hear, I have salvation for you. Yes, even you. Whoa, okay, what do you mean by that, pastor? Well, he's traveling somewhere between Samaria and Galilee. Talk about polar opposites. Samaria, where the bad people live. Galilee, where the good people live. On his way to Jerusalem, right? And it's typical of Jesus as he walks on the edge, on the fringe, in, in spite of what the Pharisees and the Sadducees would have him do. He engages with people on the edge. He engages with drunks and prostitutes and tax collectors and even... Lepers and foreigners. 
And they are the ones that are trying the the Pharisees and the Sadducees, maybe even you and me at times, who is in and who is out? Who is God's people and who is not? Who can be saved and who can be not? Ten lepers, all people who are undesirable, all of them are marginalized, despised at worst, and overlooked at least. And yeah, one of them is a Samaritan. Talk about a bad break. A Samaritan with leprosy in and around the Jews. And we know that these people, as said earlier, called out to Jesus by name. In faith, they call him master. And they plead for mercy, asking for healing mercy. And it was given. With a word, he spoke healing. With a word, he spoke healing. And he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And yes, that is going back to Leviticus 14. And oh my gosh, this was, they were in for quite a seven days plus one more of uh, rituals. Basically, what would have to happen with him saying, go show yourself to the priest, is the priest would meet the leper outside the city limits, outside the tent, is what it is said. And that he would uh, take a look at him and see if the sores were there. And if they weren't, then that man would have to shave his entire body, wash his entire body. And the priest would be there with uh, uh, blood offerings and there would be uh, more uh, blood spilled and, and then a, a live uh, a dove, if they could afford it, or a pigeon, if they couldn't, would be dipped in the dead uh, pigeon's blood and sprinkled with water and they would set it free. And for seven days, that leper had to stay outside of the community and on the eighth day, there was more shaving and there was more washing and there was more sacrificing. And when I read that, I went, wow, am I grateful, thankful, thank you, please, for the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people. That new covenant. This uh, encounter with the lepers and as Jesus is making his journey uh, a couple of weeks ago, we, we read that he turned his face resolutely towards Jerusalem. He's on his way to the final part of his ministry, and, and that, as we know, is his death. And we know that at some point in time that John the Baptist is in prison, and he sends his disciples to go ask Jesus, are you the Messiah or is there another one coming? And do you remember what the answer was? I mean, I would have liked personally to heard, yeah, you know, don't worry, buddy, I'm it. You know, you're in. You know, you're good. But he said something like, tell John uh, that the blind see and the lame walk and the lepers are cleansed. But boy, did that have meaning because that also goes back to prophecy where even Gentiles, a Gentile general, Naaman was, was, Naaman was 
actually cleansed by the word of God, by, by dipping himself in. And so all of that, what Jesus is doing is fulfilling that prophecy, fulfilling that law, fulfilling what had to be done. Yes, even cleansing lepers. He is demonstrating in real time for those that are watching and for you and I that we get to read that, that this is a message of hope, these 10 lepers. It's not merely a moral message of please and thank you, though we should, though we should be saying thank you and praising his name. We should, as we hear at all times and in all places, give thanks to you, Heavenly Father, right? Just before we receive the sacrament of the altar. There's a story that we heard the, uh, two weeks ago about the marginalized. I just told you that this is a message of hope, not just a moral message. Now I'm going to poke you a little bit. Are you ready? I'm going to poke you. There are marginalized people out there. There was a marginalized person that Jesus told the story about, and this is something that just had my eyes open, but do you realize that there, when Jesus tells the stories of the young rich man, the shrewd manager, they don't have names. None of them have names. None of these wealthy people have names. But there was one that did have a name. And he was the most marginalized person of all. Do you remember who he was? They laid him out in front of a rich man's gate. He had nobody to help him. They put him so close to the crumbs that fall off that rich man's table. The only one that paid attention to that poor guy were the dogs that would lick his sores. He was so weak he couldn't keep the dogs away from him. And his man's name was Lazarus, God helps. And let me just tell you something that came to me, and I'm going to poke you with it too, but I poked me first. God poked me. I would have walked right past that man on my way to see the rich, wealthy man if he was having a shindig. If I was passing through that gate on my way to work, if I was parked my car and walking through the parking lot, I passed that man on the corner where he's saying, I need food, we'll work for food. I passed that man all the time. You do too. Here's the thing. Where's your hope? Is it in others? Is it in yourself? Because if it is, that's pride, and that is hurting you. If it, is, if it is, your hope is in, yeah, a little bit of Jesus, but I got most of this taken care of, because if it's to be, it's up to me. If your hope is in yourself, then I need to poke you again. Because maybe this message Again, that isn't just a please and thank you message. Maybe this message is talking about some of the things that are hidden in you and hidden in me. Some of those desolate places, those border places on the edge. Those, those things that are inside of us that we don't talk about. We certainly don't say, unclean! Not to anybody uh, that is sitting next to us. And maybe... 
God is speaking to us right now to say, hey, you know what? Let's talk about that, that sore that you have, that, that marginalized person that is in you, that thing that causes you shame, that thing that you try to keep hidden up, covered up, that mask that you put on. He says, let's talk about it. Maybe there's a place that you and I need to be touched. Maybe there's a place that we need to shout out, Lord, Jesus, Master, have mercy on me, healing. Give me healing, because Jesus is not afraid to touch you or me. He's not afraid of any sores or anything like that. He doesn't mind meeting us in those places. And it just might be that by recognizing him as that person who can be there with you, that true healing and true freedom can be lifted out. It might be that after getting real with him and saying, Lord Jesus, heal me on the way down that road, we go, oh my gosh, I'm healed. I'm free. The message that was with us all this week in our portals of prayer, and here I am, I am going to pick that up, is the message was Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, ever. Did you hear that? Have you ever had somebody leave and, or forsake you? I have. It hurts, huh? But the promise is, is that he will, and God does not lie, never leave you nor forsake you. What would happen before that could happen? A mother, a nursing mother, would forget her child's name or about her child before God would ever leave or forsake you. And we know that ain't going to happen. So what's, what do we do? Like the publican, we go, Abba, Father, have mercy on me, a poor sinner. And he says, go, you're clean. Come, I have a feast for you. My body, my blood for you, that new covenant. In the name of Jesus, amen.
Will you please stand? Let us now confess our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed found on page 3 of your bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. May the Lord be with you. Let us pray. Let us pray for all who are God's people by faith in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. We praise you, Lord, Heavenly Father, for preserving the truth of your holy word for us to hear and read, learn, and believe. And we thank you for creating and sustaining the church through your inspired word. Move your church throughout the world to hold fast to your truth and to proclaim the good news of salvation with boldness so that by your grace, the hearts and minds of people everywhere may continually be transformed. Lord, in your mercy, we praise you, Father, for Martin Luther and other reformers who risked their lives in order to proclaim your word of grace. Grant to each of us the same zeal for the truth, that by your guiding, the church may be reformed in our day so that all may know of your mercy and goodness. Lord, in your mercy. We praise you. <clears throat> We praise you, Father, for instituting governments to enable sinful people to live together in peace. Guide our leaders to serve you and our nation faithfully and provide good government in those parts of the world where there is now discord or war. Bless especially the leaders of our nation. Give them wisdom tempered by humility Grant us fair and peaceful elections and exchange the rancor and divisions among us for peace and unity. Lord, in your mercy. We praise you, Father, for the protection that you grant. Defend all our military personnel and keep them safe as they work to accomplish their mission. Grant them diligence, perseverance and humility 
that they may be ever vigilant in carrying out their duties. Raise up leaders who are able to protect their people from strife. Lord, in your mercy. We praise you, Father, for providing all our needs of body and soul. Continue to give us a share of the fruits of the earth and to bless the labors of our lives, that we may have enough for ourselves and plenty to share with others according to their need. Lord, in your mercy. We praise you, Father, for the gift of health, and for the doctors and nurses through which you serve those in need. Restore to health those who seek healing and bring consolation to those who suffer chronically with any physical or mental illness. Lord, in your mercy. We praise you, Father, for the blessings of marriage and family which you instituted in Eden for our good Continue to bless the joining together of man and woman in holy marriage. Enable all husbands and wives to remain faithful to each other and, and help parents, grandparents, and other authorities to bring the children under their care to Jesus. Lord, in your mercy. We praise you, Heavenly Father, for the forgiveness of sins which you offer us with the body and blood of Christ in his supper. Grant that all who receive the sacrament may receive it in faith for their salvation and not for judgment. Lord, in your mercy. We praise you, O Lord, for all the saints who now rest from their labors with you in paradise. Preserve us in the one true faith that we may one day join all your saints in praising you for eternity. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you all. Let us share the peace. Please pray with me. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave. And by his glorious resurrection, he opened to us the way of everlasting life. 
And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and oh, his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the perfect prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Please thank you. Please heal me, Father. Please have mercy on me. Please take my sin away. Thank you. And he's done it, and this is the gift that he has given back, his body, his blood, that made all the difference for you. Come, the table is prepared. You may be seated, and the ushers will bring you forward.
And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our closing song, our hymn, is Onward Christian Soldiers. Thank you.